you really can never truly understand who your ideal client is unless you know how they search for things on the internet. Hey guys, it's your girl Ashley Graham and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy Joey Price. Hello and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Business Life and Coffee Podcast where we help entrepreneurs build a better version of themselves so that they can go and build a better version of their company. This week, we are talking to who I call Mr. SEO, Phil Singleton. Phil is the CEO of Bare Knuckle Marketing. He's a CEO of Kansas City Website Design and SEO, and he is a certified duct tape marketing consultant. Now, Phil also is the author of a book that he co-wrote with John Jantz, the founder of Duct Tape Marketing, and the book is entitled SEO for Growth, The Ultimate Guide for Marketers, Web Designers, and Entrepreneurs. So if you're looking and listening, into this podcast and you want to know how to build your business through what you're doing online, you want to tune in. Phil, thanks for joining the podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Joey. Hey, man, let's talk about this bare knuckle marketing. How did you come up with the name bare knuckle marketing and who's it for? I've been working and I guess some of this speaks to maybe some of my personality, but you know, I've got Kansas City web design and that's we've been working on that for like 13 years. And the logo I have for that's actually like a screaming gorilla <laughs> uh, because a couple of my clients have come in over the years and kind of have asked, you know, like, you know, asking what they want, what they want to do, and what they want to be. A few of them were like, well, we want to be like you are. We want to be the 800-pound gorilla in Kansas City. Because literally, if you search for like web design in Kansas City or Kansas City web design or Kansas City SEO, I mean, we come up first. We've come up first for the last decade. We've got multiple listings on the page. It's just, you know, we just dominate from a search engine standpoint. Nice, nice. And have for a long time. And I said, that's really cool. More than one person has called us like the 800-pound gorilla. And then that's really what kind of attracted I think what our ideal clients are and that is you know some people that work and do business some people are I think are just in there to survive or to keep it going or to just maintain the business and other people are out there and are like man I really this is a war I want to grow I want I want to be the 800 pound pound gorilla and I want to you know aggressively market and grow my company that's who we like to work with or the people that are really trying to you know, get out there and dominate so funny thing is we were talking kind of in the green room so to speak before the show and I've recently kind of have a parallel my brand name because I've done so many podcast guesting ep- episodes which has been so awesome for personal branding and authority building reaching new audiences and actually even getting new clients that people had asked was like well I see you market yourself as Kansas City web design, do you do work with people outside of Kansas City? And I was like, yeah, of course we do. Of course, like, you know, 70, 80% of our book is still Kansas City Midwest. But when you write books and you go out and do your own content marketing and you work on your own personal branding and authority, which are all things that are really helpful for, you know, for marketing in general, people kind of come inbound to you. And then I figured, hey, I got to market myself in a little bit different way to some of these audiences because I'm so tied to my geography with my current name, which is funny, right? An SEO, (laughs) imagine an SEO guy (laughs) names his company Kansas City web design and SEO, right? Real, real creative. So basically, my name is, is a string of keywords, right? Well, that's how it was, and yeah, when we first started in 2005, and haven't really changed it. But yeah, so we, I've kind of recently started the bare knuckle uh, marketing brand, really to kind of carry that same idea of, hey, we want to work with folks that understand, you know, marketing in a, a battle. They want to get out there. They want to fight. They want to win. They want to win market share and kind of dominate the markets. And that's the kind of clients that we're trying to serve is the ones that are, you know, the more aggressive, the more fearless marketers. Because I've been doing this for 13 years in Kansas City, and I've seen companies go from 100, 500 million dollars in sales, like 30 million in sales. And every, every one's the ones that have 
been really successful are the ones that have been, you know, haven't really been timid with marketing. They've looked at marketing in terms of, okay, let's do it strategically, but they also are kind of aggressive about it. And they don't look as things that don't work as a failure. They learn it as a, as an experience. And yeah. people, you know, so those are the types of people that we're going after. And that's the reason why we came up with it. And, and hopefully, you know, I would never say like rebrand because I don't, we've got such a great footprint here in Kansas City and you know, that still pays a lot of the bills. But I, there's no reason not to like parallel brand if you're going for a national audience that way. And that's where that name came from. Oh yeah, for sure, man. And Phil, you mentioned that uh, when you started in, in 2005 to rank high in SEO, you would just do a string of search terms, Kansas City website design and SEO, which is your name. I am a big student, uh, student of the game, so to speak. So as far as business is concerned and the growth of of what we're doing with SEO now. Has there been much change since 2005? What are you seeing today that maybe people weren't paying attention to or even didn't even exist in 2005? Gosh, yeah, this is a great question because it's changed so much. Believe it or not, I, you know, I consider myself an introvert by nature and I was drawn to SEO because it was so cool in the early days to be able to work from the bat cave, never have to like put yourself out there. I didn't have a blog or picture on my website at that time. I could literally just, you know, have people find us and close them, you know, online or on the phone and then have them write us a check and we would do all these things behind the scenes, either on their website or maybe in volume based link building and that kind of stuff. And that's what moved the needle for SEO for like years, you know, decades, 15 years at least. Yeah. That was kind of some variation of this like two-pronged approach that was, yeah, it changed a little bit here and there. And there's little cat, cat and mouse games with Google to try and find new loopholes that were related to those two tactics. But that's really what drove SEO for a long, long time. And of course, like six years ago, they came and Google was like, well, wait a minute, you know, people are really gaming the system hard. You know, companies like Overstock.com, JCPenney, eBay, big companies out there like really trying to game it so hard that it became, you know, some of the stuff that was maybe considered black hat even started to become gray hat or like mainstream and I think Google just said stop we got to stop this all of a sudden they rewrote their algorithms and made them more punitive so we heard like algorithmic new names for these updates that Google would make like penguin and panda and all these things that really <laughs> kind of really just kind of attacked the gray hat black hat tactics and the how it's changed really to answer your question is it used to be so you know like two sides of a pizza on page tactics and off page you know link building tactics type of thing but now once they can made it punitive yeah it hurt they ripped the band-aid off but they really changed behavior and they got really good at ranking two signals to now over like hundreds of different signals. So now when you start to look at what Google actually counts in terms of how they rank like a website, you start looking at content marketing and blogging and social media participation and online reviews and citation, all the stuff that you start looking at what the recipe is that they use to rank for, it starts to look like just good strategic, holistic digital marketing. And that's what's exciting about SEO these days is it's about so much more than just that the old perceived kind of, you know, dark art. And it's really become more of just kind of an ingrained piece of marketing. And then what makes it really special is SEO to me is the kind of the glue that holds all good marketing together versus what a lot of folks still do today is they choose a couple tactics here and there and like, oh, we need more leads. So let's try some AdWords. We need more leads. Let's try some you know, reputation management. And they do these like single 
almost kind of like hip shots versus trying to structure it all together in some kind of a strategic way that all funnels back to the website. That's what I think an SEO and SEO mindset does. Is it really helps you kind of tie everything together so that you can get 10x out of all your marketing versus maybe one or two x out of things that you do like with a siloed approach. And that kind of in a nutshell to me is really how SEOs change. It's, it's really come into kind of working strategically, having your website being almost like your publishing and your marketing platform and making sure that you're, you've got all your keywords and everything baked into an entire marketing plan and not just on those kind of two old school SEO tactics. Phil, the idea of SEO can seem super intimidating for the entrepreneur that's just starting out or has been in business for a while but doesn't have a tech or web development background. What are some of the tools that you're using or that you're seeing people use that can help a person boost the abilities that they have to create good SEO? I think to me, one thing that hasn't changed with SEO at all, and I can't see it really changing forever, is that you know, in marketing in general, a lot of people talk about having an understanding like your, your what your marketing persona or who your ideal client is. You know, and to me is you really can never truly understand who your ideal client is unless you know how they search for things on the Internet. And so there are great tools, keyword research tools that can show you exactly how people search for products and services. And this, to me, is something that should be understood early on before you even build a website or content and how you do things in terms of any type of marketing activity. I think you should have some kind of a really good understanding about the terms and the words that people use when they search, you know, for product uh, problems and answers to problems and products and services related to your business. So some really great tools out there. I mean, AdWords, if you got an active AdWords account, AdWords through Google, it used to be called AdWords. I think last month they changed it to now Google Ads, but it's the same platform where you can actually get in with an account. It doesn't even have to be an active account, but you can go in there and there's a cool little tool in there called Keyword Planner. Now I will give a caveat to everybody that if you have an active account versus one that's not active. If you use this little keyword planner tool within Google Ads, they're going to give you more data and better data if you've got an actual like live ad, you know, at Google Ads account running. But they'll still give you some pretty darn good data um, on keywords, even if you don't have one, you sign up for a free account. And it's really awesome because at the end of the day, there are other tools that I'll mention here in a second that can give you some pretty good keyword research. Like you'll go in and type in maybe two or three root keywords that are related to your business. And all of a sudden, either this Google Keyword Planner tool or maybe a premium tool will be able to like spit out several dozen to hundreds of related terms to those terms. So you get an idea of how people search and then they'll give you data in terms of, okay, you gave me these terms, web design, SEO, and internet marketing in Kansas City. They gave me 500 words and showed me all the variations of how things are, are searched in terms of the average amount of search um, terms every month and that kind of stuff. When you have that information, this is really awesome because now you can take the way people are searching for things and use that to develop a content calendar or even figure out, hey, I'm going to make sure that I actually can use some variations of these terms in everything that I do in web website stuff, blog posts, for example, that I post on my website, even in social media posts and other places where you're going to distribute content. So AdWords Keyword Planner or Google Ads Keyword Planner is going to be the first one. There's some really awesome premium tools that I use. My favorite that we actually pay for, Ahrefs is ahrefs.com. SEMrush.com is yeah. a premium tool that I use. It's really awesome. Of course, most small business owners aren't going to pay the 50 or $100 a month for one of these premium tools, so they would have access to the AdWords Keyword Planner. There's another one called KeywordPlanner.io, I think, that's free or partially free. It might be Keyword.io. I think it's KeywordPlanner.io. There's also really cool, like, just common sense ways to 
gather keyword data too. You use the like the autofill um, in Google and look what people are searching for as you search for terms that are related you think are related to your business. There's the related search terms kind of at the bottom of an organic search page where you scroll down to the bottom and you can see what other words people are searching to. They usually give you like another six or ten um, related keywords that are related to that term that you know people are searching for. Um, that's another great place. Google Trends is a really cool one too where you can go see what things are trending. This is going to be kind of a more of a macro mm-hmm. um, keyword data type thing. It's another great place to go check. I also like to just scrape and look at AdWords data. So you do like maybe just a generic uh, keyword search on something. Look for what people, what words people are using in the paid search is that people are paying for in the paid AdWords terms, I guess. So if you see a trend that a lot of the ads in a competitive space keep using the same patterns of words, well, that can give you some insight. Like they're using these in these ads and these competitive ads that, you know, they're doing that for a reason, probably they convert. So you try and do anybody, no matter if you're in um, SEO or not, it's just really great information to know what words have commercial value that are related to your business and to make sure that you're talking about them, you're writing about them. You're not only writing content and producing content for the search engines, but to me, you should never really be creating any content without those kind of in the back of your mind. Because at the end of the day, if the words people are searching for are on your website, in terms of the exact words and maybe variations of those, you're just going to have a lot better chance to rank for those if they're in there. And you can't do it unless you know how they search. So I think everybody is capable of doing some basic keyword research from tools that are freely available out there and then trying to develop a master list of say 100 or 200 words that they can prove are important to their business and just kind of always keep those top of mind. But the other really cool thing I want to leave you with on this is if you develop a list like this and you do one of these keyword um, planning tools, it also helps you figure out what to write about, right? Because a lot of these things will give you like, okay, do a keyword research on a specific term like website design. Well, a lot of times you'll get if you use a, a keyword research tool, you'll get information about like questions people are asking about it. So, you know, somebody asks like well, how to create an SEO friendly website if that comes up as a search term in my search for website design. Well, I know maybe I should be writing a web, uh, you know, if I'm think, trying to think about things that are writing for and somebody's asking this question enough where it's actually been triggered up to come up on a, one of these research tools, I should probably have my own resource or my own blog post or my own guide on my website around this because there's so much search activity already around that. It takes some of the guesswork, I guess, out of the content you should be creating. Because as you were saying, Joey, sometimes people don't know where to start. Yeah. You do want to be able to write about things you want to talk about. But again, there's a way to kind of manage the balance between what you want to write to educate people and what people are actually searching for and you merge those two together, that's when the real SEO magic happens. And the content can sometimes be the hardest part to think about. What I like to do with content nowadays is if I have a hard time thinking about what I want to write about, I'll use the keywords and then I'll also turn those into questions. So, you know, a keyword for my business might be hiring a um, HR outsourcing for small businesses. And so I might turn around and um, answer a question on video that might say, why do you want to hire a uh, HR outsourcer for your small business? And then I can talk about that till I'm blue in the face, but then I've just created content that is searchable. And Phil, something I'm seeing now is that even Instagram videos are uh, registering on Google. So even your Instagram videos can have some level of SEO uh, friendliness to build exposure to your brand for people that are searching for key terms. I thought that was pretty fascinating, something I yeah, saw earlier. Totally. Yeah. They're all great points there. Yeah. The other two I was going to mention, too, that you probably know 
know about this one, but it's, it's also fun is Answer the Public, which you can go in there and get data on the types of questions that people are asking related to a keyword term. So that kind of gets to your point. Well, that's great. If I type this word in, all of a sudden, answer the public gives me like you know, 50 questions that people are asking around the internet that are in and around this term. All of a sudden, there you've got 50 blog posts or 50 you know new um, maybe podcast episodes to to talk about or something like that. Yeah, you know, another another great free tool that's out there. We're talking with Phil Singleton. He helps companies and coach agencies on how to market like a pro. He is the CEO of Kansas City Website Design and SEO, a duct tape marketing certified consultant, and he's the CEO of the new bare knuckle marketing firm. I want to talk about the book writing process for the book that you wrote with John Jantz of Duct Tape Marketing, SEO for Growth, The Ultimate Guide for Marketers, Web Designers, and Entrepreneurs. Could you talk about the process of writing the book and what it's done for your business or your brand? Yeah, just a huge game changer for me. Um, a lot of things have come kind of off of it. But the book that we had with John that was successful in terms of opening a lot of doors, getting me connected with a lot of influencers, you know, helping me kind of develop my own influence and then get new clients and customers has been fantastic. But it actually started kind of a step earlier where I was invited through duct tape marketing, which is funny, real quick story backstory on that is Yeah, go ahead. You know, getting to that back cave piece where I used to kind of do everything by myself, you know, <laughs> and from a home office really changed with Google. What was really funny is I you know, about four or five years ago, I realized, geez, I can't just have my SEO blinders in. I see what Google's doing. I'm going to have to get better at holistic, you know, marketing. So I looked around out there, read some books, got connected, you know, with John because I like some of the things that he was saying and teaching. I actually became one of his certified consultants about four, I think it's going on like five years ago. So I joined that for that reason, because I was like, I saw where Google was going and I was like, we just have to have a better understanding of the broader landscape of marketing in general to be better SEO people in the future. And that's played out um, exactly how I thought it was. So I got involved with that group and quickly there weren't a whole lot of SEO experts I would consider and there are people that were really just solely focusing on SEO in this marketing group that he had about 100, I think there's about 120 of us right now. So I pretty quickly was perceived through a couple presentations as kind of the market, the SEO guy, yeah. the go-to guy in the group and did some stuff in there and I was initially invited to an, a book project with some of these guys called the Small Business Owner Guide to Local Lead Generation. So that was the first book project that I was on. Total eye-opening game changer to me because it was funny to go into this group. One of these other guys had handed me a book and I was like, God, oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen that somebody's able to hand me a book that they wrote. And I was like, I hope, you know, kind of as a career bucket list type thing, I'd be able to do this kind of before I retire or die. And then lo and behold, six months after I met this guy in this first duct tape meeting, I had my own best-selling book, you know, <laughs> it was there. So, and that was it. This month. So that was the first stage of the process that got me to, to SEO for growth, which has really been a game changer. And I went through that process of cooperating with five guys. We each kind of got interviewed and wrote up chapters in the book. And I really saw some amazing things happen happen with books in terms of all the benefits that come out of writing from a book are are not about writing the book at all. You know what I mean? So we, we wrote it, um, the process of getting somebody to write the forward, which was John, John was easy, but what really stunned me was how easy it was to reach out to other influencers and ask them for endorsements. Mm which this is a huge hack and a huge game changer because sometimes I think people think of endorsements as just nice eye candy and a way to kind of raise the credibility of the book itself. I saw after that book was launched, like, wait, wow, not only was it easy to get them, but if you place it and play this right, there's a whole way to bake in lots of influencers into a book through endorsements and some other ways that we did with SEO for Growth that can get them to help you market the book for you. 
right? So it's not just about getting the endorsement or the participation. It's actually getting them involved with the book and then reaching back out to them and saying, hey, thank you. We're launching the book. Would you mind giving us a shout out or a mention or that kind of thing? So huge eye-opening thing with that one piece. I guess if I ever do a book again, I'm going to really optimize this for influencers and for other people and try and make them a part of this book. So I had that kind of in my mind, but I also had this in my mind where I was like, I want to do a book this time where you know I, it's really educational and I put my spin and my view on SEO and hopefully I can get John to participate somehow. Maybe he'll write the forward. Well, I wrote the book. I wrote the first version of it. I presented it to John. He, um, I pitched it to him as we write the forward. I had this other idea where you come on as a co-writer and we'll launch some other businesses off of it. That pitch won, so he decided to come in. Of course, he wanted his spin, so he wrote a couple other chapters and rewrote some. Yeah. Um, but once he was involved, the game changed and we had to, I had to get a lot more serious about the quality and stuff of it and we had other people come involved nice. but but what's really interesting about that last book and how we baked into it here and how this has really helped me is I we went I went nuts on you know we got over 50 influencers to give us endorsements we, I purposely named an influencer as a, uh, an expert to follow at the end of each of the 16 chapters we wrote up a 300 word um, description about why they were so important to the industry we actually sent those descriptions out to each one of those influencers so we sent it out to like Brian Howell who was a co-founder of HubSpot, mm -hmm. he basically became part of the book because he re-edited his piece and said, thanks, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, since we named him as and brought him into the book in terms of having his own little page on it, and we did this like 16 times. Uh, Rand Fishkin from uh, Moz.com, Brian Clark from Copyblog, each one of these. So we so we got endorsements from the beginning of the book. We named an expert for at the end of each chapter. We also cited over 200 different SEO experts and then let them know that we cited them. So by the time that we launched the book, we had an army of influencers that became part of the project. And when you um, mention an influencer in a book and, you, and, and cite some of their work or include it, all of a sudden you're reinforcing their influence and their authority so they're more than happy a lot of them to um, help you promote the book because by promoting the book they're promoting themselves yep. so I think we were masterful at, at doing that piece of it and that's why it's become what became a bestseller and I don't know how many haven't calculated how many books that we've sold it's probably close to 15 or 20,000 at this point which isn't huge but it's a lot for an SEO book and it's actually made us some money and we only able to do that we've been on the bestseller list of Amazon for like three straight years with this book nice. is because we we did it that way you know we we wrote a book that we, we thought um, was going to help people but we also basically optimized it for influencers to get, make them a part of it in a way that they would be happy to help us um, launch and sell it and I think that worked out really well now that's how that one once that went out okay great it helped me ride the coattails of another influencer John who's a handshake away from all the major influencers out there really game changer in terms of me being able to quickly hack and use somebody else's authority to help me gain my own authority it got me um, my own personal branding and, and, and influence in fact if you type Phil Singleton now you know in Google you'll see that I've got all this stuff that's come out of the book my own wikipedia page i've got my own like custom knowledge panel in google now that's related to a lot of the book work and stuff i'm able to leverage the book to get me on great podcasts like yours which again further gets me into new audiences so yep. it's just kind of almost like an endless thing that keeps going if you think about a book as the beginning not the end of the project which is kind of what we, we use it as a launching pad and that that's kind of how it's helped that's so good. That's so good. Um, we are coming to a close, but I wanted to just not backtrack on the SEO, but just kind of drive home the importance. If, if someone's listening, continue to listen now, you know, they've really bought into it. But could you in 30 seconds or less tell like why this is a big deal versus if your competitors do it and you don't, you're going to miss out because of X. 
Look, I think how I like to phrase it in terms of my finance, original finance background is two or three most valuable companies in the world right now is Apple's the first trillion dollar company. Google's like right behind it with a seven or eight hundred billion dollar market cap. Then it's like Facebook and Microsoft and Amazon, right? Amazon might be two now. But the main thing here is that's the entire internet and the way people buy stuff. It's Google, it's Apple with the iPhones and the devices. All the action, all the way people buy stuff is through um, these devices. And the, the, the financial markets are screaming this at you, saying, this is where all the action, this is all the action. Well, your website is, is the one place that you own where you can control your piece you know, where all this action is. And SEO is your way to get involved in the game. So do your keyword research, invest in your website like it's an asset, not as an expense. Don't put all your best content up on social media. Use your website as a content publishing platform. Make people come back to it because that's where some um, SEO action, you know, will happen. And realize that it's just, you know, Google's the one true monopoly out there. It's the one common denominator. And all, not everybody uses Instagram. Not everybody uses Facebook. Not everybody uses Twitter. Everybody uses Google. <laughs> it's the one common denominator from the little, you know, seven or eight year old kid in school that's doing homework research to the, you know, the, you know, seventy year old boomer um, that's looking to buy insurance products or something online. Everybody uses Google, and that's really not going to change because it's a monopoly. So you almost kind of have to figure out a, a, a Google strategy either for your own personal brand or your business because it's just not going to change. Yeah. Well, Phil, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, man. How can people take next steps and learn more about what you've got going on with Bare Knuckle and with your web design company in KC and really just some of your more your thoughts and, and ideas on the industry? I'm most active on LinkedIn, so just look me up on there. I love to connect with anybody who's interested in the topic, and that's kind of where I engage with people the most. KCWebDesigner.com is kind of the little website that could, that started it all. BareKnuckleMarketing.com is kind of my new brand to kind of go after things that are outside of Kansas City. And take a look at um, one thing I would like to leave. I have my own SEO plugin now called uh, WP SEO Schema. It's a free plugin that's up on, on WordPress. I think we've got 170,000 downloads now. Um, we got a pro version of it, too, that's actually got some of the cool bells and whistles. But what that plugin does is you see in Google now where lots more information is coming up, like star ratings and event times and knowledge boxes and answer panels. Well, there's like little extra code you can put on your website that helps you show more information in organic results. I've got my own plugin for that. And if you guys want to check that out, that's something that um, we really did it for our own in-house needs, but it's become really popular. And that one's called WP um, Structured Data. And um, you can look that one up. I'll, I'll make sure you get a link to that too, Joey. And that's, that, that's the best way to kind of follow the stuff that we're doing. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at bizlifecoffee or our host at joeyvprice.hr with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.